Amen. Welcome to the house of the Lord today. It's wonderful to be in church with all of you. I feel like every Sunday is Christmas because there's actually people in the building, and what a gift that is. Oh, we had many, many weeks of just staring at a camera. And again, I want to say a great thank you to the entire AV team for all the work, just how they've blessed the church during this time. Thank you to all those that came out to drive in church. It's still going on today. Thank you to those that are gathered in the parking lot today. The Lord is enthroned upon the praises of his people. Something happens when we gather together to lift him up, to sing songs. It's different. It's different than when we're at home, isn't it? I think now more than ever we can attest to that. And I just want to challenge all of us to never, never take things for granted. Never take the gathering of the saints for granted. We see how quickly things can change. But the Lord is calling his people. He's moving his people forward. And we believe that God's not finished yet, amen? You can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. What do you do when the power goes out? Now, I'm sure we've all experienced in the natural the power going out. Things immediately turn off. Things that rely on a source for power cease to work. Clocks go out. Lights go off. The heat goes out. In a world where power is of necessity, it's no good when the power goes out. I'd like to remind us today that we need power. We require power. You see, we live in a world where power is of necessity if we are going to live right. If we're going to function right. If we're going to keep time, if we're going to shine. What power are we talking about? I'm sure you know. The power of God. We can't keep time without power. We can't shine without power. We were never meant to live or to function without power. Powers of necessity. We rely on a source of power, and that source is the Lord. We rely on His power, and without that connection, we cease to function correctly. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18, we know it well, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The voice reads, for people who are stumbling toward ruin, the message of the cross is nothing but a tall tale for fools by a fool. But for those of us who are already experiencing the reality of being rescued and made right, it is nothing short of God's power. The power of God. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. The Voice Bible, the kingdom of God is not a realm of grandiose talk, it is a realm of power. The Passion Translation for the kingdom realm of God comes with power, not simply impressive words. The message reads, God's way is not a matter of mere talk, it's an empowered life. We are to live an empowered life. As believers, as sons and daughters, as disciples, as those following Jesus, we're not meant to live without the power of God. The power of God helping us keep time, the power of God causing us to shine, the power of God 
keeping us functioning right. When we get connected to the power source, things change. Life changes, perspective changes, understanding changes. We start functioning the way we were meant to, the way he designed and destined us to. 2 Peter 1, verses 2 to 4, if you have your Bibles, please turn, follow along. I think it's time we bring some paper Bibles back to church, just in case the power goes out. Except you got your phone, right? So maybe the power went in your house last night so you couldn't charge that thing. 2 Peter 1, verses 2 to 4, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We need the power of God as we live this life. We cherish the exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, through the power of God, this divine power that He has given to us, that He has set inside of us, He's constantly feeding us as we are connected right that we can be partakers of divine nature and that we can escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. We know there's corruption in this world. Corruption in this world through lust. And so the scripture comes. How are we going to overcome? We got to get connected to the power source. Partakers of the divine nature. You see, the Lord is our power source. Isaiah 40, verse 29, it says, He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, He increases strength. Continually tapped into the Lord, wired in the source of our power. Take a look around and take a look at yourself. How the weak has been given power, and how the mightless has been given strength. Where would we be without the power of the Lord? Where would your home be without the power of the Lord? Where would your family be without the power of the Lord? Where would the church be without the power of the Lord? And I think we've caught a glimpse of where the church ends up without the power of the Lord. I think we all know what it begins to look like. Matthew 22, verse 29. Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken or deceived, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. I'm so thankful today that we are not mistaken, that we are not deceived. He's delivered to us His Scriptures. He's delivered to us His power. We're connected to the source of power. That we can be those on this side of eternity that partake in the divine nature. That we can be those that overcome. Those that escape the corruption of this world. So all is well and we're connected. We're empowered. Keeping time and shining and functioning as we were designed to function. Partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Yet what if, what if the power goes out? What if the power is gone out? I'd like to pause here and say before going any further, that the problem will never be the source of power, but rather our connection. If the power's gone out, the problem is never God. The problem is us. 
The problem is not the source of power. God does not lose his power. There are not seasons when God has no power to offer your home. God never loses his power. It's always down to our connection. Are we connected to the source? So what if the power goes out? What do we do? Number one, check for a trip. We've all made the trip to the breaker box to see if there's been a trip. How many have made that trip? Down to the breaker box to see what the issue is. And I'd like to say today it would be foolish not to check. It would be irresponsible. We head to the breaker panel to see if this is the reason for the loss of power. If there's been a trip. Proverbs 24 verse 16, it says, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. When there's a trip in our life and there's no power in that area, when we're not keeping time, when we're not shining, when we're not functioning like we were designed to function, what does the righteous man do? The righteous man doesn't ignore it and hope that things will change. The righteous man makes the trip to the breaker box. The righteous man opens the breaker box. A righteous man checks for a trip, and a righteous man does what's necessary to turn the power box on. In this case, when we speak of a trip and the power, again, our connection it's to stumble, to slip, to error or mistake in conversation or conduct. And so when the power goes out, we'd be wise to look inside the breaker box to take a look and see if, because of our conversation, because of our conduct, we've lost the power. What if the power goes out? What do we do? Number two, check for a cut in the line. You know, I can't help but think of Samson. What a cut in the line. Samson was a Nazarite, and he had a particular call on his life. Particular call upon the man. One of the things he was not to do was to cut his hair. Foreign to our culture, our time. But this was part of this Nazarite vow, this call upon this man's life. Don't cut your hair. Samson knew that if his hair was cut, he would lose the connection to the source of power. He would lose his connection. This is how it worked for the Nazarite. He would become like any other man, weak, lacking power, lacking strength. Again, it came down to his connection to the source. God would not change. The power source would still be there, but if he cut his hair, if there was a cut in the line, his connection... Now, heaven forbid we ever get to this point, the point that Samson had come to. And just as a reminder, here is the history. Samson got a little loose with his relationships. Might be a word for some here today. This man so connected to the power of God, and we know the history if you've read the word. Wow. seemed like unlimited power. But he got a little loose with his relationships, and Samson found himself in a relationship with the woman that had linked up with the enemy. 
the very enemy Samson is called to deliver the people of Israel from. He had linked up with this woman. Samson had fallen in love. And we aren't focusing on the relationship between Samson and Delilah, but heed the voice today. Run, boy, run. Delilah's going to get you. Now listen, the enemy is after our great power. As a church, the enemy is after our great power. As, as a son, the enemy is after your great power. As a daughter, the enemy is after your great power. I don't care how long we've been doing this for. If you were born on the front pew, the enemy is after your power. If you've just come to know Jesus, the enemy is after your power. If you don't know him yet, but you're going to know him at the end of this service as your personal Lord and Savior, the enemy will be after your power right after the service. The enemy will be after your connection the moment you give your life to Jesus. And this battle never stops. Delilah and the enemy linked up in their aim, their ambition, and their goal was to grind Samson, to give up the source of his power. And so this plan was hatched, and the sweet talking began. Judges 16, verse 6, So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies, and with what you may be bound to afflict you. She bound Samson while the Philistines laid in wait. And when she cried out, The Philistines are upon you, Samson, he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn. The secret of his strength was not known. But see, here he is flirting with disaster. Now we know the enemy doesn't give up that easy. The enemy kept coming at him, grinding Samson. The sweet talk continues, the words of Delilah to Samson. Look, you have mocked me and told me lies. And all of a sudden on the third attempt, there's a breakthrough, yet Delilah didn't know it yet. All of a sudden there is mention of the hair. There's mention of this line, this connection to the power of God. Judges 16, verses 13 and 14 in the message, Delilah said to Samson, you're still playing games with me, teasing me with lies. Tell me how you can be tied up. He said to her, if you wove the seven braids of my hair into the fabric of the loom and drew it tight, then I would be as helpless as any other mortal. When she had him fast asleep, Delilah took the seven braids of his hair and wove them into the fabric on the loom and drew it tight. Then she said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. He woke from his sleep and ripped loose from both the loom and the fabric. The enemy wanted Samson as helpless as any other mortal. And that's his plan for you. As helpless as any other mortal. One not connected to the source of power. One not rightly connected to God. The connection cut. Perhaps a form of godliness, yet denying the power. The enemy wants us as helpless as any other mortal, cut off from the power of God. And here's where it gets real good. Judges 16, verse 15. Then she said to him, how can you say, I love you, when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. The old L word. Let me say this. If you have a Delilah in your life, and what I mean by that is this, a person, a relationship, a social circle, a compromise, a cohort of the enemy, run before verses 16 and 17 are written. Run now. Run now. Don't buy into the sweet talk. Don't buy in to that. Hell, they're trying to pull you down, drag you down, strip you from the power of God and strip the power of God from your life. Have you severed the connection? Have you given it up? Have you give up the source? You give up the connection to the power of God, and pretty soon you know what happens if we don't run now, if we don't stop now. These verses are written. 
and we become as weak as any other mortal, as weak as any other person, as weak as a person that doesn't even know God, as weak as the perishing, the unregenerate, the sinner. Judges 16, 16 and 17, and it came to pass when she pestered him daily. Perhaps you're here today and it's daily. The enemy's pestering you daily. Others are pestering you daily, trying to get you to give it up. Just give it up. Give up the connection. And it came to pass when she pestered him daily with their words and pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death that he told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I am shaven, then my strength, my power will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. We know how the story ends. He gave it up. That's the message. Don't give it up. Can you hear today? Don't give it up. Don't entertain the sweet talk. Don't give in to it. It's a slippery slope. It's a dangerous game. The enemy will come to wear us down and to wear us out, pestering us, hounding us. Come with sweet talk. Come with deception. Come with lies. The enemy continues to come to wear us out to the point where we finally give it up. Church, don't give up the secret of your strength. Don't give up your consecration, your setting apart. Don't give it up. Even if it's someone close to you, trying to wear you down so that the connection is cut, that there's a cut in the line, don't give it up. Keep connected to your source of power. What if there is a cut in the line? I'd like to say today that there is hope. Now we know the severity of Samson's case, and I do want to remind every single one of us of how careful we must be. How careful we must be in this life. How careful we must be when it comes to our consecration, our vows unto the Lord how we're set apart from this world, how we're not connected to this world. Things like do not be unequally yoked. It's wisdom. It's the wisdom of God. It's the power of God. That we can partake in what? Partake in the divine nature and that we can what? We can escape the corruption in the world through lust. This is our hope. We so need the power of God. What if there's a cut in the line that isn't directly sin? The good news is today is that the Lord will help us. You know, recently my neighbor was without power for some time, pretty much all winter long. Had to latch on to the next door neighbor. I don't know how they divvied up the bill. I don't know how they figured it out. Had to latch on. It required digging to figure out what the issue was. He loves his grass. He prides himself in his grass, and here comes the power company. What a mess. They figured out what the issue was. The line underground had, had cuts in it, had nicks in it. It lasted for, for years and then no more power. So what did they have to do? They had to dig. They had to move some earth. And I trust you can hear the Spirit of the Lord today. It required time. It meant digging a new trench. Not just in the front yard, a trench all the way along the side, all the way down the side of the house, all the way into the backyard. 
See, it wasn't my neighbor's fault, but it became his to address. That could be you today. It's not your fault, but it's become yours to address. Power's gone out. Power's gone out in your marriage. Power's gone out in your home. Power's gone out, whatever it might look like, but it hasn't been directly your fault. But the power's gone out. There's a cut in the line. But I trust you can hear this in the prophetic today. That God's saying it's time to dig. It's time to move some earth. It's time to dig a new trench. It's time to dig a new fortification. It's time. It's time. It's not your fault, but it's yours to address, and if you don't address it, you're going to live without power. It's not your fault. Just feel the weight lift off your shoulders right now, but feel a new weight. It's time to dig. It's time to move some earth. What if the power goes out? What do we do? Number three, wait. How many love the waiting game? Wait. Sometimes all we can do is wait. Isaiah 40, verses 30 and 31, the King James Version. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. The Amplified Bible says, but those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him shall change and renew their strength and power. Wait on the Lord. Expect. Look for and look to and hope in Him. He is our source of strength. Perhaps the connection, there's something wrong with us. Maybe it's that we haven't been waiting. We haven't been waiting on the Lord. If we just wait on the Lord, He'll renew our strength. Nothing wrong with the source of power. Perhaps it's the connection. This could speak to so many things. How's your prayer life? If we just wait on the Lord. How's your quiet time with Jesus? If we just wait on the Lord. How's your radio feed? If we just wait on the Lord. If we just wait on the Lord, He will renew strength. He will renew power. It's time to wait on the Lord. It's always been time to wait on the Lord. Let this be the pattern, this be the tenor of our existence, the flow of our life, the flow of our days. Wait on the Lord. We know how quick things fire up after a time of waiting. All of a sudden, the clock is running again. The lights are on again. You can use your microwave again. Things are right. Things are working. The stove works again. Just like that. I honestly believe that's the way it is. You wait on the Lord. It's like, wow, there's the power. You come into church on a Sunday, sought you in the sanctuary to see your power and glory. You come and wait on the Lord. You pray that that's your pattern for the other six days of the week, but you get here early. I love that people are getting here early on Sunday. This has now become the prayer room. I think this is definitely the biggest prayer room in any church, for sure in this nation. See, the Lord is doing something new. It took a pandemic to get us out of the little room into the big room, I guess, eh? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Please don't be offended by that. Take it how you like. How quickly things fire up. If we are honest, for those of us who believe in God, and you can answer for yourself today, but I don't believe there is one of us that would say we do not need more of His power. 
I do not believe that there is one of us that would honestly say today, if we are a son or daughter of God, if we are a disciple of Jesus, if we're following Jesus, if we understand the condition of our world and how messed up and how corrupt it really is, how serious this is, I don't think there's one of us that would say, I don't need the power of God. I don't think there's one of us that would say, I don't need more of God's power in my home. I don't need more of God's power in my parenting. I don't need more of God's power. We all need God's power. And if we get wired in right, we can all have the same amount of power. Partaking in the divine nature, escaping, escaping this world, escaping the corruption of this world through lust. This corruption. We need the power of God. The word to some today, it's time to wait. It's time to wait on the Lord. What do we do if the power has gone out? Number four, check if we've paid the bill. I don't know what happened, but I must have paid my bill a few times uh, or paid too much or something. But I just keep getting like, do not pay. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on, Lord, but thank you. I just opened it up yesterday, actually. That's a gift of God, although it probably came out of my account at some point, right? Check to see if you've paid the bill. I want to ask a question today, not looking for an answer. You can answer in your own heart. Does the power of God cost? Now, I would say yes. And you're entitled to believe whatever you want. But just because you believe it doesn't mean it's right. Does the power of God cost? The answer is yes. See, when I think of the power of God, I think of anointing. I think of anointing. Now, we need the connection for the anointing. We need to be rightly connected. There's nothing wrong with the anointer. There's nothing wrong with the anointing. It's usually us. Actually, it's always us. It's our connection. There is a cost to anointing. There is a price to anointing. There is a separation. There is a withdrawal. There are guidelines. There is responsibility when it comes to anointing, and there's a contract. <laughs> there's a contract. Now, I think back to Samson. He's the one that messed it up. He voided the contract. He, he did something he wasn't supposed to do. He didn't pay his vow correctly. He didn't pay the bill. Check to see if you've paid the bill. Does the power of God cost? The answer is yes. Separation, holiness, withdrawal, be in the world, not of the world. Partake in divine realities, escape the corruption. Run from wayward, loose relationships. Run from these associations. Does the anointing cost? I'm going to share with you the words of David Wilkerson. He preached these words. Please listen. God does not give the anointing to lazy preachers, lazy Christians. He won't do it. There's a cost to the anointing where you will never again be satisfied as long as you live without seeing God at work in you and walking with you. I had to travel all over the United States. Promoters got a hold of it, Christian promoters. And I traveled for, I think, two months. National television, regular television, and it went around the world. And I became what some would call famous. I know what it's like to have the anointing, and I know when it's lifted. I know when I don't have it. 
I know when the death moves in. And folks, I got so busy that there's no hunger. There's no brokenness. There's no cry. When I go into the scriptures, I look at men that God has used, and there's always been a cry. Jeremiah said, I engage my heart to seek the Lord. And you'll find that there was a cry. There is nothing worse that I can think of for a man of God or a woman of God than to lose the anointing of God and be dead and have the knowledge that something is wrong. I was known around the world as a man of God and yet growing lukewarm and cold in my heart. When you don't have this touch, this anointing, and if you're not shut in with God and you're not serious about the things of God and you're happy with the status quo, you have this inner struggle. How do I get back? How do I get this anointing? Are you examining your heart like I had to? Are you examining your heart like I had to? It's not enough to be called. I'm still called. God still loved me. I think that all true ministry comes out of intimacy. All true ministry comes out of intimacy with Christ. Because the Lord said, you know the cost. You know what it's going to take. Seeking my face. God does miracles when you begin to seek his face and get back to the simplicity of this. This won't happen until God sees something in you and in me. Determination. I want this. I will not let you glow, go until you anoint me again. This anointing is available to any man, any woman who set their heart. He's saying, if you pay the price, I will open doors for you. I'll speak through you and I'll use you again like you have never conceived. We can have the worship team return today. Today, if the clock's gone out, if the light's gone out, if we aren't keeping time and we aren't shining, what could we do? What should we do? What must we do? Check for a trip. Might need to make a trip to the breaker box today. What could we do if the power's gone out? Check if there's a cut in the line. Might need to do a little digging today. Might need to move some earth today. Might need to dig a new trench today. A new fortification. There's a cut in the line. If the power's gone out, what can we do today? We can wait. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The power will come. The power will come as we work on that connection. If the power's gone out, what could we do today? If the anointing's lifted, if we know that we don't have it, Again, back to Samson, you know what's crazy? He didn't even know he had lost it. You say, how is that possible? I don't know, that's what the text says. He woke up and he was ready like any other time. He was ready to set himself free. He didn't even know that the anointing had lifted. He didn't even know God had left the building. He didn't even know that the connection was severed. Maybe you're here today. I got the power of God. But the reality is you don't. The reality is there's been a break in the line. There's a cut in the line. You've given up the secret of your strength. You've bought into a relationship, an association. Too close with the world, in bed with the world, whatever it looks like today. You don't even know that the power's gone. Ask the Holy Spirit to come.
open yourself up. I don't know if it's your prayer every single day. But like the psalmist said, search me, O God, and know me. Try me. Get a clear picture of what's going on inside. Get a clear picture of what's going on inside my life, in my life. Show me if there's error. Show me if there's wrong. Show me if there's a cut in the line. Show me if the anointing is lifted. Open my eyes that I can see. Show me and then lead me. Lead me in the way everlasting. If you're here today and you say, I don't think I've lost the anointing. Would you allow the Holy Spirit to come and minister to your heart? Bring things to light. If you're here today and you know you've lost it, maybe it's because you've, you've stopped paying the price. This is a while back. This young adult came to me and said, I just don't feel it anymore. I said, well, feel what? Like, I don't really feel the presence of God. You know, I come to church and kind of feel it, and everybody else is all into it, and then I go out, and I said, well, is there anything that you've let go of? Any patterns? Any consecration? Any separation? Any, any practices? Is there anything you've given up that may have caused this? I like asking people questions because then they can answer. Is there anything you've given up and I believe it was a word from the Lord. The individual said, well, yeah, there are some things I've given up. You know, I used to, and I'm not, I don't want to give away who it is or anything like that, but they used to come to early morning prayer all the time, and that was something they needed because when they first got saved, they didn't know Jesus. They get saved. All of a sudden, they're in it. They needed that connection because they're the only ones saved in their family. You follow me right now? It was a lot of pressure out there. They didn't have good associations, but this individual said, yeah, I, I gave that up. I got busy. Now, if you've got to go to work, that's one thing, but you can still set time aside in the morning, but they just got too busy. They gave up devotion life. They quit coming to pre-service prayer. They quit coming to church. They'd wake up. Ah, I'm too tired. We'll just stay with Pastor Pillow and Sister Sheets today. I don't know. My pillows never preached a message to me. Started giving all these things up. Letting go of these things. Letting go of these things. Man, things just start coming to your mind right now. I think of the comforter. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about the Holy Ghost, okay? That just went over a lot of people's heads right now. Your duvet cover, the comforter, okay? Anyways, I'm not making light of this. I'm really saying today, she started letting go. Started letting go of these things. The connection to the power source started letting go. Started letting go. Wondered why... Didn't feel any power. Still saw it. I mean, it can't work like that. There can't be a cost like that. So you're saying if I give these things up, I don't have the anointing. I don't feel the anointing. I get into conversations with non-believers. I don't really have the anointing. I don't have the utterance of God. Listen, it's the reality. I don't care what anybody in this room believes, including myself. The reality is according to the Word of God. The power of God costs the anointing cost. We see it time and time again. We see separate yourself. Be in the world, not of the world. We see this time and time again, the consecration, the separation. So we're not going to do away with all of this to appease ourselves. So what is it today? Check for a trip. Check for a cut in the line. Wait. Pay the bill. I believe the Lord is saying there may be some here today who are linked up with the wrong provider, the wrong source of power, linked up with the wrong provider. It's time to tap into the Lord. I engage my heart to seek the Lord. What's your heart wired into? What's your heart been wired into in this world? What's your heart wired into? The little K kingdom of self or the big K kingdom of God. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Determination. It's going to take determination. It's going to take determination. How many want more of the power of God? How many want more of the power of God in your individual walk? How many want more of the power of God in your home? How many want more of the power of God in this church, in this nation? We need more of the power of God in this nation. The kingdom of God is not just grandiose talk, and I want to say that today. I believe that things are changing right now. I really believe this nation needs to see a demonstration of the power of God. This city needs to see a demonstration of the power of God. And you want to know what it's going to take? This is what it's going to take. It's going to take believers, individuals. It'll take couples. It'll take families. But when it gets right down to it, it takes an individual that says, I'm going to get connected to the power source. I'm going to get connected. Listen, I don't go to your sphere of influence every day. I don't talk to your people every day because God hasn't given them to me. He's given them to you to pastor. He's given them to you to disciple. He said, I never wanted to be a preacher. Well, you are. And guess what? The Bible says you're a living epistle, open and read by all. More of the power of God. I need the power of God. The Word said, as we already read, the kingdom of God is not just talk, but it's power. The kingdom of God is not just talk, it's power. We need anointed words when we speak to our family members. We need anointed words when we speak to our friends. Anointed words and the power of God when we speak to coworkers, those on the streets. We need that power of God to begin to flow in us, but it's dependent upon the connection. Now, think about my neighbor that had no power all winter long. Can you imagine if he went and knocked on the neighbor's door and said, We're freezing. We can't cook. I got two young kids. What am I going to do? Doesn't have a real wood burning fireplace. Somebody was thinking about that right now. What am I going to do? No heated blanket. It's not going to work. Go knock on the door. Neighbor says, I don't got no power. Oh, you're in the same boat as me. Listen, the world, I believe there's an awakening happening. And we pray for this, that they start to realize they got no power. And they come to the first house on the block. Need some power. First house has nothing to offer. You go to the house on the other side. I need power. Got no power, got no answer, got no source. I had the same source you had. What do you mean you had the same source? Well, my source was money. My source was vacation. My source was this. My source was that. My source is TV. My source is Hollywood. My source, my source, my source is drugs. My source is alcohol. My source is weed. My source is whatever it might be, some form of addiction. These are my sources. This relationship, it's based on this person, based on things that rust, that get eaten through by moth, that can be stripped away and taken away. Go to the next house. No power. Go to the next house. No power. Pretty soon they've almost covered the whole neighborhood. They've actually left their own street. No power. Is there anybody in this community with power? They start to ask. Maybe they actually start to say, is there a God up there? Can you lead me to somebody that has an answer? Go to the next house and the next house. Maybe they actually have to leave their own neighborhood, their own coordinates. They get to this one house and they say, do you see that? I think there's lights on. I can feel the heat. I can feel the heat from outside. I can feel it. They come and they ring the doorbell. They come and knock, and you open the door. Come on, this is real simple today. You see what I'm saying? We got the power. Come on in. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why we still have heat. I'll tell you why we're shining. I'll tell you why things are the way they are. Why? Because I'm linked up and connected to the source. 
I'm praying that prophetically for every person here today. I pray that for the church as a whole, but I pray that for families, I pray that for homes, your specific address, if you just want to name your address right now, you just want to speak that out, you say, Lord, I'm claiming that, that my house will be a house of power. My house will be a house of anointing. That when I look down my street and when people come out of their homes, when people look and they've got no answer, they don't have the heat. See, for a while, what happens? Those things, their connection, the wayward providing in the world, the wayward providers, they work for a while, and then people run out of answers. People run out of answers. It might be on their deathbed, but they run out of answers. They run out of answers. They don't understand. They don't know what to do. Relationships fall apart. Homes fall apart. Children go wayward. All these things. But see, if you're connected to the power source, there's always hope. This anointing of God, we need it like never before. I'm just going to ask the church to stand. And you just say, Lord, whatever you want to say to him today, he's the provider. There's no, I don't provide any power. The person on your right or left isn't going to provide the power. We're asking for the power of the Lord today to come upon us once again. Perhaps right now, that's what it is. You need to check for a cut in the line. It could be that you need to wait. I don't know what it is. We know the points today. Maybe you haven't been paying the price. Maybe you haven't paid the bill, but you want to say, Lord, I want the anointing again. God, I need a greater anointing upon my life. My family needs a greater anointing. My relationships need an anointing. My business, Lord, my occupation, the work of my hands, I need an anointing. Would you just open up right now in this place, say, God, put your anointing here. Put your anointing upon me. Your anointing right here, Lord. Let your power come upon us. Let your power come upon your church today, Jesus.